This is Rob. Welcome to episode three of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. Welcome to what is sure to be a very controversial episode, because today I'm going to be doing a solo debate on what is the best way to brew coffee. Facts only. This isn't an opinion thing. No, for real. This is extremely an opinion thing, but there are so many different ways to brew coffee. Everybody's got their own. And I want to do this weird solo debate because I've never really fully thought it through which brewing method I like best. And I'm not going to do the thing where you go, well, every single one has its advantage, every pros and cons. And if you like this, you can do that. This is my ranking of the best ways to brew coffee. I'm going to go through this list. I'm going to, of course, I already get an email. I'm like 30 seconds into this thing. Come on. I'm going to list a bunch of different ways of brewing coffee. I will say like, what kind of coffee you'll get out of each one, the different qualities. And for the sake of this thought experiment, let's assume we're talking about the exact same coffee for every single style of brewing. There are certain styles of coffee that are better for certain types of brewing. But for the sake of this thought experiment, let's just say we have like a classic Brazilian coffee, like nutty, chocolatey. No, I don't like that either. No, I'm going to... I'm gonna let's not do that. Let's not keep it consistent. Let's just roll with it as I go through all these different ways of making coffee, because I guess this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how we'll move forward. So right out of the gate, I'm going to knock out three ways that you should not be doing at home because it makes terrible, terrible coffee. And I am talking about making coffee at home. First one, Keurig. Please, if you're using a Keurig, find a better way to brew coffee for so, so many reasons. The first reason is it makes really terrible kind of watery coffee. So to start this off, brewing coffee, really what it is, is exposing ground coffee to hot, actually really just water for any length of time to extract the compounds in coffee that create the wonderful flavors and aroma you enjoy about a great cup of coffee. What a Keurig does is it takes water from a tank of water that you definitely haven't cleaned for months and somehow it's food safe to be able to let it sit there for weeks and weeks and weeks. It takes water out of this thing, goes through the full system, and then spurts a stream of water through a cup of ground coffee that again, how long has that coffee been ground? How long has it been in there? Uh, whatever. It takes this coffee, blasts it through these grounds really, really fast. And that's what people like about Keurig is it's fast. You can do a single cup at a time. But what happens is it's not nearly enough time of the hot water again the coffee grounds that are inside of those little cups. And so what you get is an extremely watered down cup of coffee. Even when you're doing just the six ounce cup, you'd think, well, just six ounces of water. It'll, it's a higher ratio of coffee to water. It'll be strong enough. Even at the lowest setting you can do six ounces, you're going to get a watered down cup of coffee. And then it's crazy to think that it's the same amount of coffee in every single K cup. And yet it goes all the way up to 12 ounces. So you're going to tell me that the same amount of coffee is good for a six ounce cup of coffee as is for a 12 ounce cup of coffee. Like get, get out of here with that thing. So Keurig off the list. 
from the quality of coffee, but also from the environmental standpoint. That's that that is an incredibly wasteful process, and those cups are not recyclable. There there's some now that are compostable, uh, but let's be honest: how many people are actually home composting? And there are some components of those that. Don't quote me on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe they're commercially compostable. So it's not the type of thing where you could like throw it in your home compost if you are if you do that at home. Uh, and so even though they are fully compostable, most of these are still just getting thrown away. And so Keurig, not even including on my list at the final, uh, at the finish of this episode. The number two here, instant coffee. Now I'm talking here old school instant coffee. So typically the way instant coffee is made is you take a coffee, you brew the coffee at a high concentration level, and then the traditional method is to uh, apply extreme heat to it to concentrate it down to a very, very viscous, thick uh, coffee concentrate, and then you freeze dry that and you get coffee crystals. So what instant coffee is, is essentially concentrated and then flea, uh, freeze dried coffee. And so when you add it to water, it uh, rehydrates it. And if you do it at the right ratio, you have a regular cup of coffee. But the industry standard is to use incredibly cheap coffee and to and the extreme heat that's applied to it kills off any nice flavor, any nice aroma. And so that's why typically instant coffee is blah. It's, it's, it's kind of gross. It's just like is stale and cardboardy. It doesn't have uh, the, 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 the nice notes of like a fresh brewed cup of coffee. But I'm going to get back to that later because uh, we found something pretty cool that I was super skeptical about that is actually pretty dang impressive. Third one that I'm not going to include on my list are like these classic, classic like Mr. Coffee, just automatic uh, coffee makers. They're not bad. In comparison to like a Keurig, it will make a better cup of coffee. But the issue with these is, is that one, you can't control temperature in any way. And these things are typically set up to bring water to almost a full boil, which over extracts coffee and you won't get a lot of the balance that you want in a good cup. And then also the water dispersal method over the grounds inside of the machine, not super consistent. Some get fully immersed in water. Some are kind of dry. And so it's pretty inconsistent on what you'll get out of that. And so, uh, these ones, for that reason, I leave like these um, kind of low-end automatic coffee makers, not including that on the list, just because I, I don't think they stand up to the, the other brewing methods I'll be talking about today. So that's a good place to kind of uh, bridge into the brewing methods that I will be talking about, because the first one I want to talk about is automatic coffee makers. There are really awesome automatic coffee makers out there. Uh, I recommend looking for SCA-approved coffee makers. If you just Google SCA approved automatic coffee makers, you'll get some great results. Uh, I personally use a Baymore that's spelled B-E-H-M-O-R. The reason I like these versus your standard low grade automatic coffee makers is because you can control the temperature of the water. Uh, I've got an app on my phone where I can control the temperature. I can control when the water is dispersed, how it's dispersed. Uh, you can even indicate in there if it's a fresh coffee, if it's uh, fresh ground, if it's uh, if it's previously ground, and it can adjust how it brews the coffee based on the freshness. If it's a light, medium, a dark roast, it's really, really cool, and because you're able to manipulate all these factors, it creates a considerably better cup than just a Mr. Coffee or automatic uh, uh, 
automatic coffee maker that are like standard your $20 ones that you find at the store uh, another great one I hear great things about is the Mocha Master uh, Mocha they spell it M-O-K-K-A I believe um, that's another one that I, I hear great things about plus those ones just like they look really cool so if you're going for that grammable kitchen Mocha Master is an awesome one uh, the the obvious pro on this one is it's much easier you put the grounds in you let it do it you let it do its thing you go back and you have your coffee and it's going to be consistent you can control the factors and it's going to create a nice cup of coffee that brings into the next one which is pour over so i'm going to go through each style of brewing and then at the end rank them how i like them my opinion i'm wide open to debates though i I think this is actually a fun one and for the coffee nerds out there it's an intense debate So the second one, I'm going to lump all pour over coffee into one category. This will, this is something that some people would just get furious about. You know, Chemex is the only way to do pour over coffee. Any other thing besides Chemex, you're wrong. Get out of here. And then there's like V60, which is made by Hario. There's the Kalita Wave. Oh, so the V60 by Hario is more of a cone shape. And then the Kalita Wave is a cone shape, but the, the bottom is flat. And then you have like the C70 from St. Anthony Industries. Very similar shape to the V60, but it's a slightly higher angle. So uh, the the thinking behind all these different shapes is that the way the grounds are exposed to the water is different. And so like the, the Kalita wave, because it has a flat bottom, it, 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 the claim is that it has a more consistent exposure to grounds at the bottom of the brewer, which uh, I actually do prefer myself. But for the sake of this, all pour over brewing is going to be included into one category. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, pour over coffee is you have a kettle, you heat up your water. Uh, the grounds are put into a cone usually. It could be a cone with a flat bottom. Uh, so the grounds are put into a filter, into a cone, and then the water is literally poured over the grounds. And uh, this this one is awesome because you can control the temperature of the water with your kettle. Uh, you can control how the grounds are uh, exposed to the water. Uh, you can be very precise in aiming at the grounds that have not been uh, extracted enough. You, you can see, you can tell that by color. And also, it's just like a really sexy way to do coffee. You see the, this at all the, the great specialty cafes. You're o- almost always going to see pour over these days, if not just for the, the theatrical show of how it looks. It's really cool. It's really involved. And so the pros being here is that uh, it, it you, you have really high level of control over how you're brewing your coffee. And then also uh, with filtered coffee, because this is a filtered style of brewing, you get really clean flavors in the cups. So for this one, this is why I didn't want to stick with one style of coffee for this entire thing. I really like bright, fruit forward, high citrus, really vibrant coffees on the, the pour over method because you get these really clean flavors and you can really manipulate how you're pouring, the temperature of the water, the grind size will, uh, by adjusting the grind size, you will manipulate how much time it takes the water to go through the grounds. So you can actually kind of with the size of the grind manipulate how long of an extraction period you get, uh, faster extraction period, meaning less extraction. Uh, you're 
you're going to get uh, brighter flavors, but sometimes sour, uh, longer extraction periods. So more extraction, you're going to get sometimes sweeter, more chocolatey notes, but too much extraction, you get bitterness. And so this is a fun one to play around with, but that's also a con of this one is that it is a little tricky. If you don't do it right, that final cup is not going to be worth the effort you get. And that's the other con is it is fairly involved process. You have to be standing at your coffee for the entire duration of brewing, which is only about two minutes, 30 seconds to three minutes. But some people like plan their mornings out to the second. They're like, okay, if I get up at, if I get up at 6.58 and 33 seconds, it'll take me 12 seconds. I'm going to brush my teeth there and the shower here. And I'll be at work at 8.59 and 53 seconds. And that seven seconds will give me enough variability to be able to not be late. Uh, Perfect. So to a person like that, if you're like, yeah, look, it's just, it takes a few minutes to heat the water. It takes three minutes to brew. They're like, get out of here. So. That is one of the cons. Also, it takes a considerable amount of equipment to do it really well. Uh, the grinder is something, regardless of what brewing method you use, you should have a nice burr grinder that creates a nice, consistent grind where you can adjust the size of the grind. Not the whirly burr one. You don't want that whirly bird one with the blade that goes around because that's going to create a really inconsistent grind. And no matter what method you use, it won't create the best cup you can have. So that's pour over. But pour over is definitely all the rage right now in specialty coffee. Next one I want to talk about is espresso. Espresso is a weird one because when most people hear espresso, they think of the finished drink, the ounce and a half, the two ounces of finished, highly concentrated, very potent, very strong coffee that ends up in the cup. But espresso is really more of a brewing method, in my opinion. Uh, it's when you apply a high amount of pressure, nine bar of pressure, uh, to very, very finely ground coffee that's in a portafilter. The portafilter is the basket with the cool-looking handle that goes into the espresso machine. So a high amount of hot water uh, or a high pressure hot water applied to the grounds creates a high high amount of extraction and it's a great it's a very high ratio of uh, coffee to water and so the resulting drink is or the resulting coffee is a very flavorful uh, very strong uh, espresso and I included this in the list but this is a tough one at home uh, this is by far the most cost prohibitive method of brewing at home, uh, just because th there's a steep, steep curve to get to quality. Now, there, there are some like Breville, spelled B-R-E-V-I-L-L-E. -B -E -E. There are some Breville machines that do a really nice job at pulling a decent shot of espresso. Uh, but it's really, if you, if you want a machine that's going to pull a consistently great shot, that you have complete control over, you can control all the variables, the amount of pressure, the amount of time, uh, you're going to need a really, really nice grinder because espresso is very, very fine. And if you don't have a consistent grind at that level of pressure, it's going to create inconsistent shots, uh, shots of espresso. So you're going to need an expensive grinder. Uh, the espresso machine, you're spending a thousand plus dollars to get a great one at home. So it's very cost prohibitive, but I will say the finished drink could potentially be my overall favorite coffee to drink when it's done well. And so that's one of the major cons. It's very, very hard to learn the skills to consistently pull great shots because of how many different variables play into it. Uh, the addition of pressure, 
grind size becoming a bigger factor. Uh, there's just so many variables that go into espresso, and this is why baristas are very underappreciated in uh, in their shops. Because when you get a great tasting espresso, it's you know the you know, your Starbucks, your big chains, they they have like these super automatic machines where the barista has very little to do with the settings that go into pulling a shot, and they use types of espresso that are are hard to mess up. You know, dark roasted espresso is a little harder to mess up just because a lot of the flavors are masked uh, masked by the darker roast but when you go to a great shop serving great coffee and espresso that barista is doing a lot of work every morning to what's it's called dialing in an espresso and what dialing in means is that you're just manipulating these different uh, variables that go into pulling a shot of espresso and you do that every morning at a good shop because a coffee can even change over the course of a week if you have a batch of coffee from the same roast let's say uh, like us you roast on a Wednesday and so we're delivering that coffee on Thursday uh, we actually recommend people give it a few days to rest. Uh, that thing is still gassing off a lot of CO2. There's still some flavors developing after the roast. So you wait a few days until it's at that peak uh, time to uh, brew as espresso. And then even over the course of a week, as the compounds change and the flavors change, uh, that shot of espresso is going to need to be pulled differently. And so that's why espresso is It's a very... Uh, it's one of my favorite ways to drink coffee, but because it's so difficult for this uh, solo debate or whatever I want to call this, uh, it's just not a a super practical, let's let's call it that. It's not a super practical way to do it at home. Uh, There are some really cool machines and like manual espresso machines uh, that, that, I hear some people talk highly about there's like the 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 flare and it's it's got like these two levers and you you pull down the levers and that creates the pressure but because it's manual and it's you actually physically pushing down the levers uh it can be really inconsistent how much pressure is being applied to it so one shot could come out absolutely amazing and then the next one if like you didn't hit the gym that day the next one might be a, a little too weak and so on and so forth uh and so that's espresso now on to the next one. This is easily the hottest. Uh, you'll see why that's no pun intended later. But this is easily the, the hottest trend in coffee right now. Almost uh, a significant portion of the growth that's happening within coffee is through cold brew. And so what is cold brew? Cold brew actually refers to the brewing temperature. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like espresso where it refers to the end beverage, but it's also the brewing process. So cold brewed coffees are where you take coffee grounds and instead of using hot water, which extracts the compounds very quickly over a period of a few minutes or with espresso in a, a, you know, 30 seconds, cold brew coffee uses room temperature to, to uh, refrigerated temperatures, uh, temperature water. It's exposed to grounds for 12 to 24 hours. And in doing this, it is a slower extraction process. And the sweeter compounds of the coffee are extracted at a much, much higher ratio than like the high acid, the citrusy, the super bright notes. And so cold brewed coffees come out much sweeter. And this is something that coffee snobs really turn their nose up at. Because the resulting drink is just very naturally sweet and somewhat simple in flavor profile, coffee snobs go, hmm, if this doesn't have this the brightness and this no and this complexity that it has. But I am a huge, huge fan of cold brew 
because it's what's bringing people into better coffee. It's very, very approachable. It's super sweet and it's easy to do at home. It requires very little amount of equipment. When you think about what it is, you're just putting coffee grounds in water for 12 to 24 hours. That's super easy. You can do it in a jar. The hardest part is at the end, getting the, the grounds separated from the water. But if you get a cheesecloth, which are super inexpensive, and a nice rubber band, uh, you put the cheesecloth over the top of the jar. You rubber band it super tight so that it doesn't fall off as you're pouring out. And after 24 hours, you just tip over the jar and you're pouring out like a really nice, strong cold brew concentrate. You can add milk. You can add water to dilute it down to taste. Uh, it's, it's super simple to make. And the, the cool thing about this is a lot of people will drink cold brew and they go, wow, this tastes way better than the, the crappy hot coffee I'm getting at the office. I want to try better coffee now. But for this debate of best home, uh, best ways to brew coffee at home, uh, I'm going to say the pros are that it's very easy to do. It's not cost prohibitive. prohibitive. Uh, the cons being you, you lose a lot of complexity. Uh, really great coffees can all taste kind of similar when cold brewed because it's just pulling out the, uh, the sweeter compounds. Uh, and also, yeah, those are kind of the major pros and cons. I'll leave it at that. And then we got one on the iced coffee. And this is one of the biggest confusions in uh, kind of uh, the coffee world about what the difference between cold brew and iced coffee. There are a lot of cafes that use these terms interchangeably, but this is not the case. And this is how you know that cold brew refers to the brewing process. So cold brew means that the coffee is cold brewed. Iced coffee means that the coffee is brewed hot and then iced. Now the incorrect way to do it, and I'm, I'm not talking about this way for this episode, the incorrect way to do it is just to brew a pot of coffee like you normally would. Uh, some people uh, will throw it in the fridge, and then once it cools down, they'll throw it over ice. The reason this isn't great is because oxygen is terrible for coffee. And so that's why if you've ever had a stale cup of coffee, it just tastes kind of like cardboard. It's pretty lifeless. You can tell when a coffee is old after it's been brewed and sitting out for a long time. And so when you set it in the fridge, yeah, it's cooling it down to that refreshing temperature that you like, but it's exposing it to auction for quite some time. And so as it's sitting there and cooling down, it's also just getting kind of old. And then when you throw it over ice, you're watering it down further. So now you've got a cup of old, stale, oxidized coffee being watered down by ice cubes. And some people do cold brew cubes and that's good and well, but typically you've got watered down old oxidized coffee. It doesn't taste great. The best way to do it is I love the Japanese flash brew method. This is where you have, uh, you use a pour over brewer. And so this kind of plays into pour over, but you use a pour over brewer or whichever brewer you're using so that the coffee is dripping down. You put the ice cubes at the bottom of the brewer or your mug or your Chemex or whatever you're using so that uh, as the coffee drips down from being brewed, it hits the ice right away and it's flash chilled. And don't use the same ratio of coffee to water as you would for a normal coffee. You use a higher ratio of coffee so you're brewing a much stronger coffee to account for the uh, addition of ice cubes so that as it waters down, it brings it back to a normal ratio. Um, doing a blog post on this one. So hopefully by the time this episode is out, that blog post is up at follycoffee.com. Uh, check out the recipe that I use for iced coffee. Uh, and so the way this differs from cold brew is that because you're brewing it hot, you're getting 
uh, a lot higher extraction rates of the compounds in coffee that create complexity, that create brightness, that these super unique coffees that are light roasted and have these awesome flavors translate much more clearly through iced coffee. And so I, I, I'm a huge fan of this in, in, the, in the summers uh, when I want, I still want to experience like the full complexity and nature of the bean, but I still want something cold and refreshing. So I'm not crushing hot coffee when it's 95 and I've just got mop sweat going on like on a hundred. And so iced coffee is the next one. The pros there being you get that complexity. It's much faster than cold brew because it's, it's brewed as fast as hot coffee brews, just a few minutes. Uh, the downside being is that just like pour over, you do, do need all the necessary equipment to be able to do it well. The kettle, the grinder, the scale, the pour over brewer. Um, and I guess if you're kind of that morning person, that, that extra few minutes can still be pretty annoying. Uh, and so it can, in comparison to cold brew, uh, even though a cold brew takes 24 hours, the actual prep time and pouring time is very, very little. Okay, so where am I at now? So we've talked about uh, Ixnay on the Keurig, Mr. Coffee, uh, low-quality instant coffee. We've talked about automatic coffee maker, pour-over, espresso, cold brew, iced coffee. Now this next one is... Uh, one of like, it's got the biggest cult following in specialty coffee for sure. And I really think it's the most fun to play around with is the AeroPress. So that is spelled A-E-R-O press, P-R-E-S-S. I feel like I was just at a spelling. Ding, ding, ding. So the AeroPress, picture a syringe and it's like a very wide syringe, uh, you know, two and a half, three inches across. And instead of a needle at the bottom, which would be terrifying at the scale that I'm talking about, instead of a needle, it has a flat bottom that has a kind of like disc that you screw in that has holes in it. And you place a small circle filter into that. So you essentially have this uh, syringe with a flat base filter at the bottom. And this one's really cool because when you pour the coffee and hot water into that, it's got this plunger that goes on the top. When you put the plunger in, it stops the coffee from dripping. And so it's almost like a French press when you start because it's a it's an immersion style of brewing where the uh, coffee grounds are being fully immersed into water. It, you, you let that sit for however long you want so that it brews. But then the cool thing to play around with is as you push down the plunger, it creates a high amount of pressure within that kind of syringe uh, area. And so it's almost like this cool fusion between immersion brewing like French press. Uh, it is a filtered coffee, so it's almost like pour over in a certain way. You've got it like a, a pressure-induced element, so it's got a, almost an espresso-like thing going on. So AeroPress is this cool combination of all the different ways of brewing. Uh, and it's really, really fun to play around with all the different variables. How long do I let it brew at the beginning? Uh, how much coffee do I use? How much water do I use? What temperature water do I use? How hard do I press on the plunger? So do I want to press on that plunger? So I'm pushing that coffee through in eight, nine seconds, super fast, or am I pushing that plunger down uh, for 30 seconds, a full minute to really lower the amount of pressure that's being applied to the coffee, which creates a different flavor experience the entire time. So the other side of this is this has a big cult following in like the camping world too. Outdoor people love this because it's super compact. It's really small. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of hot water and uh, just is an overall cool thing to be able to make a great cup of coffee in the morning without like all this necessary equipment um, while, while you're out and about. So the, the major pros to this, so the resulting cup typically, depending on how you brew it, is a like it's almost like 
in between espresso and regular brewed coffee with no pressure. You get a high level of intensity, very flavorful, uh, but it's still a, a bigger amount of coffee in the end as espresso. And so the major pros to this one that I really like is it's really fun to mess around with and play with and uh, use different ratios of coffee and water and time and temperature. And there's literally a uh, worldwide AeroPress, AeroPress competition. This is how hardcore like baristas and specialty coffee people are about the AeroPress. There are national and international competitions to see who can brew the best cup of coffee on an AeroPress. They give everybody the same coffee. And so what you're doing is just manipulating that coffee with the AeroPress and then judges taste the coffees blind and pick which one's the best. And you can compete to be the best AeroPress brewer in the country, in the world. And I don't mean to brag, but a couple years ago, I placed somewhere between 5th and ninth within the Midwest region. If you think I'm actually bragging about that, I don't know that you know me that well. So AeroPress, really fun to play around with. People are very passionate about it. It creates a nice, strong, flavorful cup of coffee. The downside is it's a little more difficult to get out some of those nuanced flavors sometimes because the pressure is being applied to it. Uh, it is somewhat uh, cumbersome in actually operating it. There's a whole, like, you have to let it brew. You have to plunge. You have to st- keep close attention on each uh, detail on what you're doing, weighing out the, the grounds and the water and uh, how, much, how fast you're applying pressure. So you have to be very attentive to consistently do this one well. And that will bring me to the last one I want to talk about on this list, which is the French press. So French press is your classic immersion style of brewing. It's a cylinder. You pour ground coffee into the base of the cylinder, typically made of glass, sometimes stainless steel. Uh, Water is poured onto the grounds the press is set on top and it's allowed to steep typically for four to six minutes. And then the press has a metal filter that you press down on the grounds to press the grounds down to the bottom, separating the grounds from the brewed coffee and you pour out the coffee. This one is immersion style brewing. And because the filter in the press is uh, more of a metal filter with larger holes than like your paper filter you use for pour over, a lot of those oils and compounds that contribute to the body of a coffee are left behind. So you could brew the same coffee on a pour over versus a French press. Your French press is going to be much fuller bodied. Now, with those compounds being left in, you lose some of those more delicate notes. And so for this one, I really like sweeter coffees, like more classic profile, that like nutty, chocolatey, maybe a slight fruit note. So really balanced coffees come, come out really great on the French press. Uh, French press is also awesome because it doesn't require a lot of equipment up front. Like I always say, the grinder is something that everybody should have regardless of how you prefer to brew at home. Is a nice burr grinder. I always recommend the Bratta Encore, B-R-A-T, B-R-B-A-R-A-T-Z-A. I'll do that one more time. B-A-R-A-T-Z-A. Encore is like an introductory level burr grinder. You can adjust the consistency of the grind so that you can go all the way to coarse for a French press uh, and then like all the way down to a finer grind for your arrow press. But the French press, you're going to use a coarse grind. I really like this one because it's easy to do and it's hard to mess up because once you pour the water, it's really just time that's doing the work for you. 
And if you have a great grinder with a consistent grind size, it's also hard to over-extract coarsely ground coffee. Folly Jeff recently has joined the team and uh, is that you can't over-extract coarsely ground coffee if it's a consistent grind, which is intriguing to me. So this is one that if you have your morning routine, you put your coffee in, you fill it up with water, and you're like, okay, I'm going to time this at five minutes, and then eight minutes later, you're like, oh, crap, I forgot about that. It's, it's, it's still going to be an awesome cup of coffee. Full-bodied, rich, really nice, sweet, balanced in comparison to a pour-over, which is going to be brighter, more vibrant, cleaner flavors, more tea-like body. Uh, the the downside of French press is it's kind of a hassle to clean up. I've seen a couple on the market where you can remove the bottom for easier cleanup, but the price on those tend to be like five to ten times more than just a standard glass cylinder French press, which you can find really solid single cup French presses for fifteen dollars. And so it's not cost prohibitive. Prohibitive. It's it's easy to brew. It's hard to mess up. So so. Oh! We went through <sighs> no-no on the Keurig, Mr. Coffee, instant coffee, automatic. And then we went to the ones that I like, automatic coffee maker, if it's SCA approved, pour over, which includes your V60, your Kalita Wave, your C70, your Chemex, your espresso, which includes your manual at-home espresso machines, your expensive at-home espresso, machi- espresso machines, cold brew, which can be as easy as doing in a jar or using fancy cold brew uh, mechanisms. You've got your iced coffee using pour over, flash chilled over ice, not brewing, pouring over ice, setting in the fridge, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you've got your AeroPress, which is like your coffee syringe where you can manipulate all these different factors to create a nice, strong, flavorful cup of coffee. And the French press. <sighs> okay, so here is my official ranking with a very brief description of why I ranked it that way. This is a recent one for me, but as of late, I have just decided that French press is overall the best way to brew coffee at home. It requires very little equipment. It's very simple to do. It's not complicated, and it creates a really nice cup of coffee. And I just love the full-bodied, like, just mouthfeel, if I want to use that snobby word, the mouthfeel of the coffee you get when brewing with the French press. Uh, You're going to get that like natural sweetness. And again, this is an awesome one to introduce people to specialty coffee. You don't need, it's not very expensive and it's an awesome way to start manually brewing. And I've just like come full circle. That's how I started. And I went in this big circle where I'm trying all these different things and I keep coming back to French press. It just kind of seems to be my go-to method. So number one, I'm putting French press. Number two, pour over. I really like pour over because you can do a single cup at a time. Uh, it, it really exposes the more nuanced flavors of a really, really awesome coffee. And so there are certain coffees that when brewed pour over, it's just clearly the best way to brew it. Uh, and so that's what puts it slightly behind French press for me is that uh, there are some coffees that really only work on pour over, but there are some that you you want that body, you want that sweetness, and that generally t- tends to be more where I land. And so I put pour over at number two as a filtered pour over coffee. Number three, I'm going to do iced coffee. Whoa, no. Iced coffee. It has the complexity and flavor profile of a pour over, 
and it's super, super refreshing, and it's kind of just like a different entire experience from, it's different enough from the other brewing styles and the other hot brewing styles that it lands at number three on the list. Number four, automatic coffee maker, just because especially the Baymore I have, uh, you can set it with an app. You can walk away from it. You know that you have a full pot of coffee brewed. Uh, it's super, super easy, and it's going to be consistent, and it's fun to play around with because you can manipulate all these different variables. Uh, the reason it's not higher on the list is uh, you do have to brew a full pot of coffee, so if I'm just looking for a single cup for myself, it's not great. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, it's, that that's really the biggest reason, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe part of it is just like not being able to physically do it myself. There's this weird like it's like I didn't do it. I didn't brew this coffee and I don't know. There, there's like this weird thing in my mind where I like to have full control of all the processes throughout and the automatic coffee maker, you can kind of set it on the app and know this and that, but you lose uh, the visual cue of what's happening. So even though it is a pour over style of brewing coffee through filters, you can't really see that the the grounds are being wet exactly as they should, that the water is hitting the, the exact spots you want. And it's a super subtle, small detail, but I guess it's enough to land at number four. I really just went with my gut on this list. Number five is AeroPress. The upside is this is the most fun brewer to use. It's really fun to play with. It's fun to create your own experiments. It's fun to look up like past AeroPress champion recipes and use their recipes to see how it compares to how you've been brewing. Uh, the downside is just like it's, it's a lot of work uh, and it is like fairly cumbersome to clean up all the different parts. And after you clean it up, you're like got all these different parts strewn apart to let them dry. Uh, but outside of that, it's super fun to play with. And also from the finished cup side is... Uh, you can brew it so that it's almost a full cup, but it does create a higher concentrated cup. And so typically people will dilute it down with water to make it a full cup that's more balanced. And I I think you lose a little bit of kind of the complexity when you're diluting with water. It kind of makes a more simple flavor profile. That's why I don't really like to drink Americanos a lot because those are that's espresso that has water added to it. I think it you kind of lose a depth of flavor when you dilute with water in that way. And then for the sake of brewing at home, I put cold brew next. I, I am very torn up about this because I put it above espresso, which it seems so against my nature as a coffee lover to put cold brew above espresso on any list. But in this one, I'm talking about brewing coffee at home. And so I put cold brew at it because it is so, so simple to do. A jar, water, cheesecloth it out after 24 hours, you have coffee. Espresso is very cost prohibitive. There's so many factors that go into it. It can get frustrating to try to, it's a steep learning curve to be able to do it really well. So typically if I'm drinking espresso, I'm going to a shop with a skilled team of baristas and getting espresso from there. So for that reason, espresso lands at the bottom of this list as best ways to brew coffee at home. I suppose at the beginning of this episode, I just said best way to brew coffee, but we're talking about home generally when we're when we're on this podcast. If it's not, it'll be more specified at the beginning. So that is the extremely heated topic of best way to brew coffee. I 
legitimately would be very excited to debate this with someone who's extremely passionate about a specific way of brewing coffee. Just so you listeners, or in this case, probably listener, can hear how passionate people are about this topic. I'm really not exaggerating when I say people get heated about this type of thing. There's something called the Brewer's Cup put on by U.S. Coffee. The, the, the association is U.S. Coffee Champs, and people compete to see who can brew the best cup of coffee. So everybody's got all these different brewing methods, and they've created new brewing methods. And this angle of the pour-over cone creates an entirely different flavor profile from here. And then those cups of coffee are then judged blind, and it, it gets intense. I mean... That's one thing I love about coffee is you can appreciate a good cup of coffee uh, without knowing anything about it. Like the 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 major f- flavors, the the really basic flavors are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. And umami is a fancy word for just like rich, kind of almost like fattiness, like richness. And every human has these. So if you get a cup of bitter coffee that doesn't have any sweetness, it doesn't have any nice tasting notes you don't have to know anything about coffee to know that that cup doesn't taste that good and then you get a really good cup and you can appreciate that too and maybe you can't name all the subtle tasting notes or why it tastes like that but you go this this tastes great but that's the fun thing about coffee is it can go from somebody who just casually appreciates a good cup of coffee to someone that literally devotes their life to pursuing how to brew how to source how to roast just the best cup of coffee and for the most widely consumed beverage in the world after water that's it's pretty significant to me because it is something that everybody experiences not everybody every coffee drinker experiences almost on a daily basis which is pretty crazy when you think about the scale coffee has in the world so that is episode 3 3 yeah episode 3 Best way to brew coffee at home. And I guess as always now, have a great day.